Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we speak with Bill Stone from Healing Connections in Carborough, North Carolina. Bill discusses his belief in Taoism. To watch the video of this conversation, please check out the Being Reasonable YouTube channel. Taoism is a belief system that comes from China, and Tao, the Tao is the way, and um, a lot's been written about it, but the basic, the basic idea is that we are part of a system that has um, polarity, dark and light, and warm and cold, and um, you've seen the yin-yang symbol that uh, Taoists use, and basically um, we are in a world that is dualistic, that has light and dark, and hot and cold, and male and female, and um, finding a way to recognize those polarities and have harmony with them and have them kind of usher you into full contact with aliveness and vitality and um, the world as it is, um, rather than the world as you'd like it to be or the world as you remember it to be or whatever, but just being right here in the present moment and in contact with all the polarities and um, finding a way to flow with that skillfully and not get hung up by one or the other of the polarities. So heaven and earth are my favorite polarities and earth is the ground underneath us and um, heaven is the sun, the moon, and the stars and, and the space above and they both have Earth has a real gravity pull that you can feel, and the subtle pull from above is um, no less real. But, you know, there would be no life on this planet if there were no sunlight and, you know, plants that could do photosynthesis. And we do our own thing, which is not quite photosynthesis, but we eat plants and animals that eat plants if we eat animals and so we're connected with this energetic system and it's not something otherworldly it's something right here right now and that's my belief and getting connected to that and living in the fullness of that um, is what I'm what I have a passion um, for doing 
Well, thank you for describing uh, Taoism in that way. I think uh, I understand it better than I have before, and, and it's been described to me before, and maybe it's my Western brain that kind of sometimes hard for me to grasp it, and uh, so I might ask you some more definitional questions sure. as, as, uh, as we go on. Uh, on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that your belief in Taoism or the Tao is true? Oh, seven for sure. Okay. Can I have 7.5? Can, can have I have well, Why seven? Why not 10? Come on. You can. <laughs> <laughs> and on a scale from one to seven, how, is, how important is it for you to believe in true things, things that are true and real? Oh, I'd say seven again. I mean, it's anything that um, is sullied by the lack of truth is something that doesn't have as much energy for me and doesn't and is more misleading. And if if there's um, a majority of false falsehood um, behind yeah. a certain belief, it's pretty much worthless, I think. Makes sense. So how do you know that your belief is true? Um, well, you're kind of asking the wrong question because it's not a matter of knowing. You know, in Taoism they have three Dantians that they talk about, and the Dantian that's up here in the head is the upper Dantian, that's the brain and thinking and being able to be rational. And the middle Dantian is the heart, and that's involved with being connected to um, other people, to nature, to the world as it is right now, including heaven and earth, but, you know, just the world as it is, your connection. And then the lower Dantian is in the belly, and that's the biggest and most powerful Dantian, and that really has to do with just pure being. And the purpose of some of the practices I do, like Tai Chi and Qigong, is to become, to strengthen this lower Dantian and kind of put. The upper Dantian is so small and so lacking in power, it can help us navigate the world and it's great for rational thinking, but it doesn't really have the heft and the power that the lower Dantian is much bigger and stronger and well, I just, I just, makes more serotonin too, we have discovered. Well, I was just trying to understand, um, and again, it might be my own you know, cognitive limitations in this area, that you know that it is true at a seven, and when I'm asking you how you know it's true, I shouldn't be asking that question, or it's the wrong question, or... or, or, or it's a question up here. It's um, a cognitive understanding and I don't believe that cognitive understanding will get us where it's most productive to be. Well, and when you know it's the, true at a seven, where you, where is that coming from? And by that, do we mean, uh, in layman's terms, is that like an intuition? Is that a, like, I mean, you're you're hitting your gut. Does that mean you've got gut feeling, or is that? It, it is a gut feeling. It's a groundedness. It's a knowing, which is 
not a thought, but it's, uh, you can call it an intuition, but that's kind of an airy-fairy word for it. It's knowing. It's really... It's uh, knowing. And it comes from being grounded and practicing these ancient technologies that are designed to put you in contact with that sense of being that um, comes from the lower Dantian. Could, could you have that strong sense of feeling in the lower Dantian, as you say, the really strong sense that you know something is true and come to a different conclusion, like having that really strong feeling of knowing and come to the conclusion that there is, that the concept of polarity doesn't exist. <laughs> it, I, I, my mind changes when conditions change and, um, and I have a different framework of understanding about things. You know, I, I can have mistaken ideas and things, my understanding can change, but what, what grounds me is the world as it is, and I may have a mistaken idea about that, and I may be misinterpreting some of the input that I'm getting, but I'm and, not... And I have mistaken beliefs, too, absolutely. I'm, yeah. And, 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 I, and I've, um, I've definitely had mistaken beliefs before as well, <laughs> and uh, um, you don't have the corner on, on that, and neither do I, and I'm... I think what I'm, what I'm asking is that if you can have that strong sense of feeling and, and, and come to a seven that the Tao is true, and then you can have that strong sense of knowing and come to, let's say, a zero that the Tao is true, then it would seem that maybe there's another way you're coming about that it's true? Well, let me, this might help a little bit. Okay. And the, the thing about this knowing and this being is that it's not a certain framework that I depend on, that I must have it this way. It's, this is the way things are. And my perception of it might be mistaken and and how are the things? How are they? Are <laughs> how are the things? Are boy, just so <laughs> we got we've got uh, the porch here and the earth underneath it. Um, the house is on a pretty good foundation. It looks like so you're talking about some a premise that there is a physical world, basically. I I believe there is, okay. and to a certain extent, that's an illusion too, and. That's no problem. It's all part of the Tao. Okay. Um, it's... And... W the more we're able to connect into that pure truth, that... Uh, ultimate reality, pure being, uh, the more we're able to connect to that the uh, less will be mistaken about 
you know, our assumptions are going to be, you know, we might get disappointed about things or have small misinterpretations of reality that um, aren't very important. But our basic, our basic uh, beingness is not built on any particular thing. It's just the universe as, as it is. Okay. So it's it's a belief, but in a way, to call it a belief or to call it Taoism is misleading because you don't have to call it Taoism. It's just things the way they are. And I may not have it perfectly, but um, that's basically what Taoism is. So you're saying Taoism is just the way things are, and maybe how I interpret that is Taoism is an objective truth about the world it doesn't matter what we think about it it's just whatever that objective truth it is an ultimate truth i don't know what ultimate objective tr- you ultimate know truth. objective is objective versus subjective maybe and meaning that mm, it meaning it doesn't matter what i think about it it's true it's, i don't have to exist or not yeah i mean it's true reality yeah. reality yeah. right so that was yeah. just reality Okay. And, and, of course, the present moment is very important because we don't actually have a past. You know, we've grown from little one-celled organisms over millions and billions of years to the point where we are able to think and, and have ideas about things. Did and there is a-, a past, but we're kind of built into that and in the past when there was only that one cell organism um, that organism was living in the present moment which eternally is still alive in us in a sense to this day okay could you not have a concept of polarity or say to yourself that Polarity, as you're describing it, doesn't exist and still believe in the Tao? It's such an integral part of Taoism that, and the world we live in is constructed of polarities. And well, for, for instance, that you're saying that it's Tao is just basically an objective universal truth of universal reality. I think so. That's what I... <laughs> and then I'm it seems like within Taoism there are tenets that you're taking, I think, as a premise that polarity, the concept of polarity exists, that is the premise, and it's, it's, that is objective reality. And let's say I want to learn that. If it's an objective reality, like the concept of uh, polarity or duality, and I want to learn that, and I want to know that, to be true, how could I find that out? Well, breathing is one good way, and doing Tai Chi and Qigong is another good way, and there are movements and bodily exercises that um, cultivate um, your ability to be aware of Qi and to be um, kind of at peace with it and and more um, 
you know, you can't store up a whole lot of chi. You can store up some chi and cultivate um, an awareness and understanding. But um, if I practice Tai Chi and I try to cultivate chi, as you say, and and do other these other practices, and I still never gain that concept of polarity, duality. Yeah. How would I know whether it's just my limita- limitations, my cognitive limitations, I can't, it's something I just can't grasp versus something that might not exist? Yeah. Um, to me, that seems like an intellectual question. Um, and I'm not sure there's an ultimate or a fully satisfying answer to that question. And there, in my limited experience, um, there's a really satisfying answer to that question, but it's not words and it's not thoughts. It comes from the center of our being, which is in the belly. And I not, think you, you said you came from a different religion before. Yeah, Presbyterian. Have you, in your past or current life, have you met Presbyterians who feel that their religion is true, like really feel it and know it, like in, in their gut or however we want to describe it? Presbyterians usually feel it up here. But, but even like sense it in a different way. I mean, actually, I have. I, you know, I. My parents were very devout, and I would go to Sunday school every every Sunday morning and church, you know, groups in Sunday afternoon and whatever. And I had high school friends that I just met at my fiftieth high school um, yeah. reunion, um, and one of them is a pastor in the Presbyterian Church, and another is. Um, all three of them, for whatever reason, were very um, church-oriented. And, yeah, they have that sense that you're asking about. And so I, well, I know those guys them, pretty well. What if one of them told you, <laughs> they told you, this, you know, you guys are having a conversation about Taoism and being a Presbyterian, that what they believe is the universal objective truth that it is the truth yeah it's reality and um that's the premise and and that is the truth well great. How, how how would that does that sound correct to you no, that's fine and but, that's their understanding and their belief and it doesn't necessarily conflict with mine um they're living in the same world and they grew up in the same faith tradition that I did, and but is it they, objectively true? I mean, is it reality for them? You know, it depends on what they actually think. If they think there's an um, omnipotent God in heaven that can um, manipulate things on earth any way he wants to, I don't, I don't know. There's there's a force that. Um, by which everything operates, um, and that force 
to me is the Tao. You don't have to call it anything. You can call it God. Um, God tends to turn a lot of people off because we have a lot of ideas about what God is. Um, I basically don't know, and it doesn't matter, but having contact with a satisfying reality that can be cultivated and is supportive and nourishing of me and that I can impart to a certain extent to other people is all that I need, and you can call it God, you can call it Tao, um, you can feel it in your belly, and sometimes you can have it make sense in your head, but that's a little more problematic sometimes. And if your Presbyterian friend says that um, he believes in the tenets of his religion, yeah. and in his religion, the duality as you describe it, really isn't, doesn't exist, doesn't a, isn't a thing. And that is, he sees that as the objective world, the objective reality of things. That's what he says. Yeah. And you say it, you think of it differently. And I'm a, a third person. I just, if it's true, I would like to believe it. And if it's not true, I wouldn't want to waste my time with it. And you believe your belief at a seven, and you think... Truth is important to you at a seven, and let's say he says the same thing. I think he probably would. How would I? How could I go about finding that larger truth there? Um, well, my friend would say prayer mm -hmm. and going to church and being inspired by various faith leaders and yeah. um, and. That works for a lot of people, and and um, so if I do that and I follow what he says, and prayer works, and does that mean that what he believes is true? Probably. Okay. True, true for him, and true for you if that works for you. Can we and, have separate truths? Um, I think we have. Each of us have our own flavor of truth, and I don't think there's one absolute understanding of this world. I think there is one world, one truth, and one reality. Um, but every individual will have their own understanding of it, and their understanding is limited and, and perhaps mistaken in certain ways. Um, and that's okay. We're human. Yeah. And we don't... Could someone have the opposite belief as you, and that still be true? I'm not sure what the opposite would be, because those Christians, you know, they have good and evil, and and what they if someone have, believes doesn't they believe have in that heaven concept? and hell? And yeah. What if someone doesn't believe the concept of a duality in that sense? Could they? Could someone have the opposite belief of, of yours, and that still be true? Well, if there's not a duality, what is there? It's just a lump. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but just as a thought experiment, let's say that Timmy's sitting next to you and he believes that there is no duality. It is a lump, as you say. And you say <laughs> that there is, that's ridiculous. There's a duality, a polarity. Is there a way we could find out? I think so. And how could we, how could we 
find out like by getting out of our heads and into our bodies and feeling the aliveness of our bodies and cultivating our connection with heaven and earth and there's a whole and tradition if, and if the gentleman sitting next to you says yeah. the way to find out that we're a lump a uh, one entity thing is that we need to get out of ourselves and if we do that we can you'll realize that there is no duality it's all one thing there's there's this whole circle and it's divided in the yin yang symbol and and there's black on one side and white on the other side and there's just one thing a lump he says and, there's one circle it's gray and, and there's no oh it's gray one gray circle oh, might i offer you my glasses you'll be able to see that line down the middle <laughs> and if he said to you may I offer you his glasses oh i can't see a thing and if you look at through my glasses you'll see that it's just a lump and your glasses are let's just say i'm trying to think of the opposite your glasses he's saying is uh, an artifice it's 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 projecting something that is not real yeah in the world. yeah well that's okay i mean that's his understanding and he is not totally disconnected from reality or the world as it is he just has a very different interpretation of it than i do but he apparently is sitting or standing next to me and is under the influence of gravity and he eats some kind of food that um is either plant-based or animals that have eaten plants and um so he's dependent upon the energies that um enliven this world and he can have his own understanding and if it's all up to him great it makes more sense to me to understand the polarity and and kind of tune in to being in harmony with the polarity and not overtaken by the heat or the cold or the light or the dark or heaven or hell yeah i'm, I'm just really earth. trying to understand um yeah. <laughs> and Is there a test? Something if I wanted to know and he and he does that. He says if you want to know there's a lump, tap on the ground and you'll you know can that. You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. There, 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 the lump. Yeah, yeah. The lump's down there and actually I'm part of the lump. Right. And he and he says that you you, you is there I imagine that in response to what you're saying like how you know is true what you say is true that a person who believes that the world universe is a lump it's a one thing that that person could have similar um reasons to suggest what they say is true is true but you really seem to know something you're tapped into something that he's not tapped into and then I mean and I'm not tapped into because I'm trying to understand obviously I'm not tapped into because I'm really trying to understand how you really know something at a seven 
that you know something so strongly that I can't, and, and what you know so strongly, I can't really get to what you know. Yeah. Um, so I think getting to it intellectually is There's a couple of things. It's impossible in my mind, um, and the so intellectually understanding. So I cannot use critical thinking. I can't use logic. I can't use a rational mind to get to where you are. Exactly. I think that's absolutely true, and you can you can use your rational mind to decide to do a little bit of, bit of qigong or something and that might lead you to a more holistic experience of you, your heart energy and your belly energy you know these other dantians that um, have more to do with our life than the thinking mind because I think the thinking mind is um it has kind of overtaken us in um, modern life, and it didn't always used to be that way. And in many other mammals, it's not that way. Um, so if we're using, then we're not using our critical thinking abilities, we're using uh, more of a, a gut An embodied a... sense of aliveness. Yeah. Could... We at that point then say all beliefs are true. Because if I feel it, I sense it, I have that feeling about it that it makes it that's true. Yeah, I would rather say all beliefs are distorted to one degree or another, including the Taoist sages who. Um, Could your belief in the Tao be distorted? It probably is. I'm pretty sure it is in some way or other. I'm not you, smart enough to. That? I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Is there a way but, you could find that out? Um, working with a teacher who's more advanced than I than I am, um, he or she could point things out to me that um, would correct some of my mistakes in understanding reality, in understanding reality, which is not this, it's being alive. So to know if your thinking is distorted about the Tao, you could rely on your on a teacher. That's and, a traditional way, yeah. And if the teacher's concept of the Tao is distorted, how could we find that out? Well, you have to have faith in a teacher. If you accept someone as a teacher, you have to have read their book or experienced their lectures or gone to their meditation retreat, and you have faith in their level of understanding and in their mode of being. Because when, when I think of how you know what you know and to know whether your thoughts about the Tao are distorted, it seems to me you're pushing it back one layer that you, well, I would rely on a teacher 
um, whether my belief is distorted. And but that teacher's belief, I think we could agree, could be distorted. And that Absolutely. teacher would have to rely maybe on another teacher, and that teacher would have to rely on another teacher, and the teacher's all the way down. <laughs> and then, um, um, but you did mention faith, and by faith, what did you what do you mean by that? You have faith in your teacher. A gut feeling that they are able to teach me meaningful ways of connecting more uh, fully with reality, with the, um, the truth, the Tao. And I've been blessed to be able to study with a few guys like that. And... I think it's immensely helpful, and and they're the first ones to admit that they have their own faults, and um, even the Buddha um, said things about, uh, don't accept what I say, but if it works for you, um, allow it to work for you, and if it doesn't, um, find something that does, or something along probably really misquoting him, but something along those lines. So I think maybe what you're saying is is that your belief in the Tao and whether it is true is based on the results of what you see from studying the Tao? Yeah. And it's not an intellectual studying of the Tao to figure out what to figure out what it is intellectually, it's an experiential development of chi and of my abilities to sense reality more from the gut, more from the lower Dantian than from the middle or upper Dantian, which um, the upper Dantian is what's in charge in modern um, the modern world, and it's gotten us great technology, and um, we've had wonderful philosophers, and we've figured out, out a lot of things, but... Could I believe that Dantians don't exist and still believe in the Tao? Uh, you probably could. It's a little tougher. Because that's one of the basic things with Taoism that... If Timmy's sitting next to you and he says, I know for a fact that Dantians don't exist. You can talk about Dantians all you like. This is Timmy talking. Not me. This is Timmy's talking. And you can talk about Dantians all you like. And uh, there's just no evidence in this world that they exist. That's what Timmy says. And we know what you say about Dantians. Yeah. Can that, can those two beliefs be squared together? You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We will continue our conversation with Bill as he discusses his belief in Taoism right after this short break.
in this world that they exist. That's what Timmy says. And we know what you say about Dantians. Yeah. Can that, can those two beliefs be squared together? They certainly can, but Timmy is terribly misled, I believe. That's my belief. And um, I think um, there's a tradition of understanding, you know, and the Hindus have the seven chakras and the Taoist three Dantians is kind of their take on the same the same kind of thing of dividing our energy body into different segments and it's a little bit simpler and they wouldn't deny that there are other levels of of energy in in the body, but three is plenty for them, and um, 
I think after a certain amount of practice, um, Timmy would be able to experience um, the Dantians in his own body, which would make it way easier for him to believe intellectually that they exist. Um, but it would take a little bit of a some training and guidance and whatever, and Timmy would have to decide to follow some of the practices that might lead him in the direction of understanding and feeling those Dantians in his own body. He'd have to do some of that, which might take a little leap of faith for Timmy, but if he were willing to do that, and if he ran into somebody who... Does, does, does believing in the Tao or Dantians, does that require at some point a leap of faith? Enough so that you are willing to do some of the practices that... Um, and it doesn't really require a huge leap of faith. It really, what it requires, not a, as much a leap of faith to begin, it requires Timmy meeting someone who inspires him enough that he says, hey, Jeremy has something that I'd like to have. Um, how does he have that? And, yeah. and, and Jeremy says, well, you do this breathing technique, and Timmy says, "Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I'll give it a try because you look like you've really got something that I would like to have." And so the ball starts rolling, and it's not really a leap of faith, really, because you're, when you're talking a leap of faith, in a way, you're talking about um, a cognitive leap, um, and that's. Not necessary, but that's a terminology that can um, it can be an embodied leap from Timmy's Dantian, which he's totally unaware of, to this Jeremy, who's got something that Timmy wants that um, when you, Jeremy probably is aware of his Dantian. And can, when, you, when you feel something in your Dantian and you're experiencing something through your lower Dantian, as you say, and you want to know it in the rest of your cognition, for lack of a better word, <laughs> how does the Dantian communicate with the rest of yourself, if that's an appropriate question? Yeah, um... It can give you little intuitions and nudges, and um, where are those can, nudges occurring? How is that happening? So you're asking about um, something that well, martial arts is a really good example of. Well, I mean, like if you're experiencing something cognitively, rationally, and by that I'm going to assume, make an assumption by that we're talking about something very physical, our brain, and we're experiencing something in a different way. How does that different manner yeah. communicate 
with your brain? How does that work? How does that happen? So you become more and more aware of these intuitions, shall we say, or these impulses or instincts in a certain direction. Are these intuitions, instincts, they're not occurring in the brain, you're saying? They're occurring somewhere else? Yeah, they occur in the lower Dantian, mostly. And Could we not have a brain and still experience those duantins? Duantins? Dantians? Dantians, yeah. Um, yeah, well, ever, all mammals have brains. and um, Is it required to have a brain to experience a Dantian? Oh, probably not. Reptiles have brains, too, and... Um, Earthworms even have their little ganglions and. Well, I mean, this helps me. I think is if if my brain was just to magically disappear. I hope that doesn't happen. But if it did, <laughs> I would still be able to go on and experience things a different way. Yeah. Yeah, and what's happened to? modern humans um, is that the upper Dantian, the brain, has taken over. Our thoughts have kind of taken over our lives and they think they're in charge and they're, um, they can direct our behavior and if we can find a way of being in harmony with all three Dantians and have an awareness of the instinctual needs and um, the energy and aliveness that can come to us from the lower Dantian, um, then our thoughts can be kind of put in perspective and less prominent and overwhelming and less malnourished because our thoughts just spin around and try to control us and we think that they're reality but they're not reality there's there's an earth and there's the heavens and and yeah. there's an embodied energy that is mostly in the belly and a little bit in the heart and if Timmy, who's sitting next to you again, seems Timmy's oh, poor Timmy. quite the contrarian these days. And Timmy says, what you're talking about uh, and these things happening in different places and uh, the upper Dantian is the brain, but, um, but he says, there's no, other, there's no upper Dantian and there's no lower Dantian. There's no, it's all the brain. <laughs> like he says, it's, it's everything, all these... Processes that Does he these, need my glasses again? <laughs> these processes that, that you're describing, these are all cognitive brain processes, and you, and, pro, and you might think it might happen in a different place, but if he were to, let's say, show you in, through of, uh, someone experiencing uh, something in different uh, levels, and you put them in a, in, a, in, a, in a brain scanner, like an fMRI brain scanner, and you can see different parts of the brain light up when uh, you're experiencing different things and it seems like it's all working in the brain. Would you reduce your confidence in your belief or would that not 
that's not something that would change your belief. Well, is that F MRI focused also on the gut? We could. That'd yeah, be a great let's, test. Let's do that. And, and if we did that, let's say. And the gut may not light up quite as much, mm -hmm. but there's probably more diffuse um, activity going on down there. I like this. Yeah. And it's a larger space. Yeah, I like um, this. And so if we were to, to, to put someone through a whole body fMRI and, and you know see what lights up with the brain, their gut, their legs, whatever, yeah. and let's say only the brain lit up and not their gut, would you in, in the, in the, this little experiment was run? I would go like this, and I would wonder what the heck is going on. Maybe we're not the fMRI is not capturing the so data that we want, I think that would be... So if the gut be, lights up, then it's a good test, but if it doesn't light up, then, then something's to, wrong we, with the machine. We, well, it's looking at the wrong frequency, perhaps. You know, it's looking at um, what shows up in the brain. We have a lot of experience with looking at that, and... Um, Sometimes I wonder... It will, it will show up in the gut, though. I, I, and, and, it might very, and it might very well. And, and I think I'm just saying that if the experiment was run to your satisfaction and it didn't, I think you're telling me that that wouldn't reduce your confidence in the belief. Not, not really, because I have... I have a gut feeling that this, yeah. <laughs> this truth is... Um, eventually, it's so true for me that that preliminary evidence from an fMRI scan that we're playing with understanding what it's showing us and what it can't show us, because it can't show us everything. Um, it can show us what areas light up, but it can't really print out what our individual thoughts are, and it can't print out our belief system. We have to verbalize that, and we can't do that perfectly either. And and I understand what you're saying. I think with that little thought experiment, what I tried to get at is that it seems to me that there can be a lot of confirming evidence that your belief is true. Yeah. And there's not much evidence that could come along that could be disconfirming. I think that's probably true. And Do you think that it's... <laughs> useful to have a belief, any belief that can't be shown to be false, if it's false, I'm not saying your belief is false, but is it useful to have a belief that can't be shown to be false because if a belief can't be shown to be false, then how do we really know that it's true? Yeah, I, I understand your question, but to me it comes back to trying to understand whether something is true or false in cognitive terms in the brain, and I think there's way more to fuller understanding that can come from the heart or from the gut. and. Um, and by I, the heart and the gut, we mean literally and, the heart and the gut? 
No, we mean the middle and lower dantian, which aren't really the pumping organ. It's the energy center that's in the chest and the energy center that's in the belly. And, you know, the, the Japanese call it the hara and the Chinese call it the dantian and you can call it the base chakra or is there, know, the sixth chakra or whatever. Is there any information that could come along, anything, that you, someone could tell you or you could read or you could find out yourself about the Dantians that you would say, oh, I believe that the Dantians, I did believe in the Dantians, now I, I believe it even more. That... I knew it was true, but now I really, this information came along, and this now I really, really believe it. I mean, is there any information that you could find out that would show you that what you're saying is even more true? Yeah, I think it's possible, and what I would call it would be inspiration, you know, and I read inspirational literature and get inspired by it, and I think, oh, yeah, that's really true, and that's even more true than I thought before, and that's that happens, but more than that is um, doing some qigong or um, a breathing exercise or whatever that changes my state of consciousness and brings me to a fuller understanding and appreciation of everything the way it is. In a, in a similar question, could you learn any information that you're a seven that would bring you down to a 6.999999 just <laughs> ever so slightly about that same concept? Yeah, it's totally possible and, and probably happens some. Um, in my everyday life. Oh, I'm not sure that's really, you know, the most helpful way of understanding things. You know, I doubt myself sometimes, but yeah, it's only 6.999, no. It may be maybe even 6.8. Um, but, but it happens, but it would happen more if someone who I really respected and had a lot of faith in, you know, a teacher that I've studied with that um, they said, oh, on further study, I've, I've decided that this is all a bunch of bunk and worthless. And So if a teacher, like a primary teacher that you studied with, studied with, they all of a sudden, sense. out of the blue, said, they came up to you and said, I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal Christian, Christian now. Yeah. And so you're saying if... Hypothetically, if you were to learn that, that would reduce your confidence level maybe to a 6.999999 or... <laughs> yes, it would, and probably more than that. I'd have to kind of question my own beliefs, and I'd probably be interested in understanding more why the belief and understanding and, and practice of this person that I had a lot of faith in... Um, has changed and 
maybe I should adopt their their new belief and Pentecostal that might be really good for me I'm gonna check it out and I probably would check it out um, I'm a little skeptical of some of the Pentecostals but uh, but yeah that would decrease my confidence a little bit and and I would check it out be curious about it well I really appreciate this conversation um, I always find this fascinating to talk to people about their beliefs and and, and uh, I find your belief really interesting and fascinating uh, last question okay if your belief wasn't true would you want to know it? Absolutely. Because if I'm misleading myself throughout my whole life, um, there's probably something more fruitful that I could do and believe in, and it might be more nourishing and um, more supportive of my life and I'm all about aliveness and accepting the gifts of this short life that I have. Um, people say that it's short. It seems like it's been a long time for <laughs> for me, but who knows how much longer any of us have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to know and I'd be grateful to know and I'd be a little bit shocked because I've heard a lot, a lot of kinds of beliefs and I've taken the one that seems to make the most sense to me and um, I'd be shocked but I'd be curious and I'd be grateful to know and I'd try to figure out where I was misled and, and how I could benefit by my mistake and by my newfound, truer belief. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week. Now that's what I call funky.